Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to The Pastor Study. For years, I've wanted to do a show on the persecution of the church, and finally we have an expert who's been all over the world preaching about the persecution of the church. He said to me just before the cameras rolled, living in America is a piece of cake. We have it so easy here. You can't do a show like this in so many countries. I want to introduce to you Doug Moberg. Welcome, Doug. Hi, Tom. Doug has been a pastor for many years, but now he just travels around uh, with Voice of the Martyrs, a Christian group that helps uh, persecution uh, persecuted overseas. So we've got a lot to talk about. Before we begin, Doug, how did you become a Christian? Well, uh, my parents weren't saved, and I came from a family of eight kids. I'm the oldest. At six years old, my mother decided, well, I think uh, we should go to church. So she sent me down to the church, the nearest church, that she could see me walk all the way at six years old, and I went there. When I was nine years old, I went to a Bible camp. And at the Bible camp, for the first time, all this time I've been in church listening to the messages, but for the first time I realized, I'm a sinner. Mm -hmm. I need salvation. Mm -hmm. So I didn't go forward that night, but when I was in my bed, I tossed and turned all night and thought, what in the world? I've got to get saved. So I got up in the morning and I asked the man that was uh, in charge of it, I said, I need to get saved. What do I do? He said, I don't know. <laughs> so he said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let's just kneel down by the bed. You can pray and ask God to forgive your sins and ask him to come into your heart. And that's it. And I said, well, that's it. good. So I did it. And I'll tell you what, I felt a difference. And I went home, told my mom, hey, mom, guess what? I'm saved. Uh. She looked at me and she went, oh, that's good. <laughs> So it was from then on, that was the beginning. Great. Then you were how old? How old am I? I was nine. You were nine? I, I was nine. Then yeah. you're, a Baptist, uh, you're a Baptist pastor for many years. No, no. Oh, okay. No, I was non-denominational. Oh, you non-denominational yeah. for many years. But the last 20 years, you've been involved in helping the persecuted overseas. And that's what we want to get into is what led you into that work? Well, um, actually in the 50s, um, it, this is when it all started. Uh, for me is that Elizabeth Elliot came to our church and showed slides about her husband. It was in fact, it was about a year after he was killed. By the Indians. By the Aka Indians, yep. Yeah. And he, what he did, uh, it somehow dropped something inside of me that said, I've got to get involved with this. Mm -hmm. Well, one of my friends who was a, on the staff of VOM at the time, asked me, he said, we've got a program and we have people speak on our behalf. He said, would you like to be involved with Is that? Is this Voice of the Martyrs? Correct. Okay. So my wife and I prayed about it and I looked over the Voice of the Martyrs, uh, everything that they do, where the money goes. I'm very interested in where the money goes. It's a great ministry. And so uh, after a while I said, that'd be, that'd be good. I think I'll join them. Okay. So um, they had me do a tape. I sent it in to them. 
the rest is history. They said, come now. on board, and All right. I've been on board ever Thank since. Thank you, and let's get right into it. Where are the worst places in the world to be a Christian? Okay, the best place for everyone to know this is the World Watch List. It's put out by Open Doors every year, and there's 50 nations. Right now, North Korea is the, no is the worst. Now, if I want to take a couple seconds to talk about North Korea. Okay. In the 40s, before the 40s, uh, I'm talking about 1940s, North Korea was called the Jerusalem of the East because it was so spiritual and so full of the gospel that missionaries by the hundreds were going in there and they were developing churches, they were developing hospitals, everything. Communism was introduced and in 19, about, I think it was about around 1945, they decided to go with communism. And as soon as communism came in, they started removing anything to do with the church, anything to do with Christianity. So persecution came very heavily and a lot of people were killed, a lot of missionaries were killed. They, a lot of them went into China to the north, they went to South Korea to the south. And the, the basically it was uh, like a, a genocide or ethnic cleansing. A genocide they can you know, put you in jail, but not ethnic cleansing, it's okay. Mm -hmm. So anyway, uh, it can happen really fast. And now they are the number one persecuted. worst persecuted church in the country. To our knowledge, is there an underground church in North Korea? Yes, there is. There is. Do we and know how many people are still believers there? We, I, I would just be speculating if I took a guess. Okay. But, there, but there are. And what's happening is some of the North Koreans that do get out, they go back and witness. Some of them we never hear from again, uh -huh. but some of them we do. Okay. And so we know that the, the, the community that's there is actually doing a good job. What are some other countries that are on the worst persecutors list? Well, I would, there's, on the World Watch list, there's 50 countries. Okay. And out of that, 39 of them are Islamic countries. So 39 of the 50 worst persecutors are Islamic lands. That's correct. We're talking Afghanistan, Iraq, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Am I right? You're right. And, and tell people what the 1040 window is. Most people don't know what that is. What is that? Okay, the 1040 window, well, it's been, uh, it, at one time it was about 56 countries, but now there's 65. They've taken on a couple it's that don't touch. It's between the 10th parallel and north, the... North, yeah, it's, it's the 10th parallel north of the equator to the 40th parallel. South? No, north. Oh, north. And, all it, north. That, and that's the band of northern Africa and around the world. It's right? mostly north, yeah, north goes right across north. If you go to the equator, follow the equator, uh -huh. just go up 10 degrees mm -hmm. and then uh, go up another 40 and you cross that band. Uh -huh. And so now there's about 65 countries that are uh, on that list. And um, when it comes to the, the, the 1040 window, is that most of them, uh, uh, Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism, animism, almost all the isms, they all were birthed in that window. Oh. So a lot of those religions are really entrenched in there. And it's hard to get into those countries. Okay. The worst part is the missions that are put into that country. There is approximately 127,000 
uh, from America, missionaries that go into the mission field. And in the world, there's 400,000. Well, out of that, only 3%, and some of them say it's lower than that, go into the 1040 window. Is that because they can't go in? Well, let me, I'll get, I'll get into okay. that. There's about 291 <coughs> billion people in that country, or I should say in that, in that window. Yes. Okay, only about 3% of missionaries go there. Okay, all of, when it comes to money, only about a penny of every dollar goes into there. Mm. Now, when it comes to missionaries, uh, there's about four women to one man when it comes to missionaries. And then out of missionaries that do go, only about one-fourth of them are evangelistic or evangelizing. The rest of them are involved in other ministries, mm -hmm. either airplane pilots or, mm -hmm. or maintenance, whatever. So this country gets very little attention. This area. The, the 1040 window mm -hmm. gets very little attention when it comes to missions. And that's why, I, I mean, one of the reasons that, that nothing seems to uh, work there. Now, if we go, no, I'm going to, China is in that 1040 window. Now, if we go to China, when Mao Zedong became uh, the ruler of that country, he did something. I believe God used him. And what he did was um, he put in the one language for the, old, for the whole country. There was thousands of dialects mm -hmm. at that time. So he put in, and when that happened, the gospel was, normally before was just going around the edge of the country, basically uh, on the outside edge of, the, of all the way around the country, but nothing was going inland. When it, the gospel finally started going inland, when they started to be able to t uh, talk uh, and learn the Mandarin language. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, the gospel really started to catch. Because once they heard the gospel, once somebody hears the gospel, when you're under these regimes, whether it's Islamic, Buddhist, Hindu, or communist, whenever you get, in, when you get involved with that, you get very hungry for spiritual things. Mm -hmm. And when they hear the gospel for the first time, they're changed. And so how things are now in China? China right now, uh, there's about 10,000 people coming to the Lord every day. Really? Every is, day. Is the church, China used I, to I'm, I'm using a, a, a small figure. I've heard as high as 30,000. Well, China used to persecute the church. Do they still? They still persecute the church. Okay. But here's what's happening. The youth and some of the people that are in, in government are getting saved. Okay. Well, they don't tell anybody, but they're backing off. Okay. And so there's been a, ch a complete change. And as far as persecution, uh, it's still communistic. And only 5% of the population is really communist, actually. Really? But they rule the country. And so on the world watch, watch list, instead of being way up here, they come down, I think they're about 24th or oh, okay. 25th now. And so this 1040 window, hardly any missionaries are going there. Is that because they can't or because there's just not enough money and manpower? Okay, well, uh, if you go back, when I said there was four women to one man. Yeah. Okay, out of those, those countries, 39, I talked about uh, being uh, Islamic countries. Mm -hmm. In Islam, a woman is, is not so she what she is here. Right. She's a possession, Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so they, won't, they don't want to listen to a woman in the first place. And so the... 
and the, and the money is not put in there. But what's happening is uh, the, Jesus is actually appearing to them in visions and, and dreams. This. So where countries don't have the gospel, Christ is appearing to Muslims in dreams. I've heard this repeatedly. It, and what, you know, the wonderful part is he'll, he'll come to them and he'll say, I'm Jesus, and there's somebody going to come to you, so-and-so is going to come to you, and tell you about me. I mean, it sounds pretty biblical to me. Mm -hmm. And the next day, or whatever day they say, they appear on the scene, and they tell them about Jesus. So what do you think they do? There you go. They listen. Facts. And right, so good. whole families are getting saved. Muslim countries. Oh, yeah. yes. So uh, let's say uh, North Korea again, which is nothing, it's atheistic. Um, is, uh, what are, they, are, are Christians broadcasting into North Korea, or how? Are, are any people in North Korea bringing the gospel? Yes, the gospel is getting there, uh, in the underground, of course. Okay. Uh, they're also getting in there. We use, uh, uh, Voice of Martyrs uses balloons, and other, other ministries use a balloon. It's kind of like, uh, if you've seen these weather balloons, and we'll put a GPS on it, and uh, we'll put some literature in it, and let's say, I don't know how much I can tell you about this. Okay. But anyway, uh -huh. it goes into the country. We know by how the wind goes and how that the GPS tells us it goes, okay. where the literature and Bibles are getting dropped oh, into good. that zone of country. In fact, uh, they have, uh, their government has said, don't do that anymore. Uh -huh. So, I mean, I mean, I won't get, All right. I won't, I won't so get to. Are there broadcasts going into the? There's broadcasts going okay. in there, but uh, I don't know if you've ever heard um, how that they stopped the broadcasts. If you were to go to a radio or to a TV, they have blocking mechanisms, and they block the broadcasts that, that go in there. Oh. And uh, it sounds like a, a drum beat in a way, uh, and it, it blocks it right out. I didn't know that. So you okay. can't hear it. So if you and I did this broadcast yeah. now, they could see our faces, but they couldn't hear anything probably. Are there countries where Christians are still being beheaded? Uh, oh, yes. Like now, where? Um, Islamic countries, yeah. mostly. Okay, and I'll tell you, let me tell you, the, they have a different mindset in a lot of these countries. I'll give you an example. Uh, we have two girls, and this is a true story. One girl's a Christian, one girl's a Muslim. They grew up in the same neighborhood, they grew up together, mm -hmm. they have a wonderful, wonderful time together. Well, a Christian girl gives the Muslim girl a Bible. She reads the Bible. What does she do? She converts. Her father finds out that she's converted. And he said, if you don't convert back to Islam, he said, I'm going to have to kill you. What country is this? No, this is Pakistan. Okay. And so, uh, and so she says, no, I'm not going to convert back. I want this eternal life. And so he actually takes her into the square, the town square, uh, the village that they're at, with the witnesses, and he beheads his own daughter. Oh my. Then he tells the police that you need to arrest the Christian girl because she's the one that's guilty of this murder. Oh. Well, the police go to arrest her. So she gets, she doesn't, uh, I won't tell you the rest of the story, but she doesn't get beheaded, she gets, she's okay. But that's the thinking that they have, the mentality they have. So uh, to them, that's normal. To us, it's abnormal. 
What about the two years ago, those 200 girls in Nigeria that Boko Haram Boko kidnapped? Haram. Yeah. What are they, Boko Haram? Boko Haram, yeah. They, they kidnapped those 200 Christian schoolgirls and took them and, I don't know, made them Muslim wives or whatever. Whatever happened to them? Did they, any of them, what, whatever That happened? is a really sad story. Because they were, they were uh, uh, in all that time that they've only gotten back, there's, uh, let me put it this way. There was 200, like 220 or 230 uh, girls that were kidnapped. And some of them were sold as slaves for $6 a piece to $10 a piece. Uh, anyway, and there was about, it, I don't know how factual this is, but there was about $400 million spent trying to get these girls back. Now, the country kept saying, let us do it. We'll take care of it. Well, there's still about 100 girls that they haven't accounted for. Oh, my. But they have last year, I think, well, this year, or 2017, I think in May, uh, there was about 80, 82 of them that they did, they did return. Some of the girls don't want to come back. A lot of them already have had children from the Boko Haram fighters, and so um, they're already entrenched, and some of them actually believe in their theology now. Yeah. They were all around 16 to 18 years old at the time. Isn't that sad? And then before the cameras rolled, you told me the story of a woman called Asia Bibi. Can you tell that story real quick? I, okay. It, she, was, uh, she was with her, um, a, um, I, I guess they'd be their neighbors, her neighbors, the people that she worked with. And they were in a field. What country? Uh, this is Pakistan. Okay. And she, uh, um, she said something, and they said something back to her, and she said, well, she talked about Jesus, and they said, no, Mohammed, you know, they went back and forth, a religious thing. Mm -hmm. And so then they, in turn, said that she blasphemed Mohammed. Well, they have a law over there called the 295C law, and if you blaspheme Mohammed, you can be put to death. Well, this was in 2009 that this happened, and in 2010, she was convicted of blaspheming Muhammad, and uh, her sentence was to be hung. Hung. Hung, to hanging. And uh, she has, and then about a year later, when they felt she would possibly be released, and there was some high officials that actually went uh, on her behalf and said some things on her behalf, said, we need to let her go, they were both killed. Oh. So uh, I believe the judges are afraid that they will be killed if they, if they do let her go. And uh, this last year, two, 2017, uh, she wanted an early, to get out, uh, have an early trial, and they didn't allow it. So she's still there. So the government wants to let her out, but the judges are afraid they'll be killed if they do let her out. It, you can't win. Yeah. Doug, um, you know, the, the ch I'm a Lutheran. The, the Lutheran Church, for instance, in Germany, Denmark, Switzer uh, Sweden, Norway, Finland, overwhelmingly, people don't go to church anymore in, in all of, of Europe. But you had said before the show started, the persecution of the church is somehow bringing religious revival to Europe. Could you explain that to me? Well, what's happening, the refugees from, okay, well, when ISIS and Al-Qaeda, all this is happening in these 
Islamic countries, it's causing a lot of the, even, even the Muslims themselves, to leave the country and they become refugees. While these other countries, especially Europe, has allowed them to come to them. Mm -hmm. And they want to go to church. So they've been starting to go to the churches, and the churches are filling up. They don't know what to do. Uh -huh. Some of the churches that had like uh, 40, 50 people have as much as 600 people in them now. Really? Yeah. Wonderful. So persecution, uh, good for church to, I mean, this is it an is. old saying by Samuel Lamb. I, I spent a couple of days with Sam. He's, he's been to his heavenly reward now. But he said, uh, I go to, he said, I go to prison. He went for 22 years. And he said, when I come home, he said, when I leave, only have six family in church. But he said, when I come home, I have 600. Wow. He said, persecution, good. Persecution, good for church. Oh, good for church. <laughs> I mean, that was his theology. Uh -huh. He really believed it. I was in one of his home meetings even. There was over 600 people in that meeting, an illegal meeting. What country is this now? China. Okay. So there's over 600 people, and I'll tell you what, started at 7.30 in the morning. We didn't get over till 2.30 in the afternoon. They've worshiped uh -huh. and they prayed. The anointing was so heavy, you could hardly stand it. Mm. Uh, and nobody left. <laughs> nobody fell asleep. <laughs> and their preaching was only about 20 minutes to a half an hour. What, what, most of it was worship. The rest of it was prayer and, and worship. Wonderful. And we took communion. It was, it was dynamic. I'll never, ever forget this man. Well, listen, he was just a little tiny guy. Listen, the, in America, we don't have much persecution of, of Christians. There's, I see signs of it starting with forcing Christians to do gay wedding cakes and forcing Catholics to be complicit with contraceptives by some in the government. But um, will you always suffer if you're following Christ? What's going on? Well, according to the Bible, we will. Yeah. We always will. He said, and he, he, said, he said, if they persecuted me, he said, remember. Or, or if they persecute you, remember, they persecuted, they persecuted me first. Right. Right. And if you want to live, live a righteous life, you are, you're going to be yeah. persecuted. Yeah, I agree. And uh, the, our you country... You some of my mail. <laughs> <laughs> our country is getting more and more divided. Mm -hmm. More and more divided. More and and more. we're seeing more... Uh, I, I'm surprised that the churches aren't starting to fill up. Okay. Instead of closing down, yeah. I would think that they'd be uh, filling right up. Well, part of this is the apostasy that the Bible predicts is coming at the end. The churches will fall away holding a form of religion but denying its power. I think of the Swedish bishop of the Lutheran church in, in uh, Stockholm who wanted the crosses to be taken down from the church so that Muslims could use the church as a prayer service and not to offend the Muslims. This is what's happening in some of these liberal uh, Protestant churches. So, you know, we've only got about ooh, four minutes left. If somebody is watching this and they have a tug in their heart, they want to go be a missionary to the Muslims. Or they just want to somehow support uh, these poor Christians being beheaded overseas. What can a Christian in America, what can our viewers do to help support your work? What can they do? And maybe we'll put it on the screen now. Persecution.com, vom.com.au, icommittopray.com. What can people do? The best thing they can do is pray. Mm -hmm. Okay, now, uh, and the number one thing that they ask for other than prayer is Bibles. So if there's a way that they can get involved sending Bibles into these countries, I have personally 
smuggled in hundreds of Bibles. And so it, it's, uh, it's happening all the time. And money-wise, uh, any project that we have, the money just goes to that project. Okay. But they have to identify that project. So persecution.com is Voice of the Martyrs, right? Correct. And then there's a group called persecution.org, right. which is International Christians Concerned. That's the group that I'm, uh, I also support. And they get a, you can get a free magazine, persecution.org. Once a month this comes, it'll tell you the horror stories going on, but then the wonderful stories, too, of how people are coming to Christ in the most bitterly anti-Christian places on earth. So you want to get this for free, persecution.org, and it'll tell and you how to persecution.com, they can get a magazine, too. Same one. Okay. And they can one. also get a map. Every year we put a map out, and it shows the countries that are hostile and the countries that are restricted. So this is so a... So do they have a monthly magazine? At and they have a monthly. It's okay. free there, too. So there you go, everybody. Doug's email, if you need to reach him, uh, is mreach1040 at gmail.com. But uh, we just really want to encourage you, start praying for the persecuted church. Pray for Doug. Pray for Voice of the Martyrs. Pray for International Christian Concern. I'm so glad we did this show. I've been wanting to do this show forever because I, I regularly pray for the persecuted. I'm glad. And so many Christians don't even think about it. So no. many churches never preach on the persecution of the church. So if your church doesn't, you might want to lovingly, kindly say, Pastor, shouldn't we have a persecution of the church Sunday? Shouldn't we at least once a month be praying for the persecuted church in our worship services? So, uh, Doug, just thank you so much. God bless you. We're so Thanks glad you're here. Me, and again, uh, it's persecution.com. If you want to be a missionary to the Muslims, send a, a, an email to Doug or, or go to persecution.com. But uh, we just thank you for being here. And just, just to give you a quick update of our ministry, we've been on TV now for uh, 29 years, and we thought we would have to cut back on some of our TV stations because the money wasn't coming in. By the grace of God, we prayed, it came in. So you're all still seeing our TV show. And if you'd like to be part of supporting us to stay on the air, you can go to pastorstudy.org. You can support that way. You can uh, see the uh, uh, address coming up in a minute. But thank you, people, for coming through because your generous giving has kept us on. So pray for our ministry. Pray for Voice of the Martyrs. And make sure before you go to bed tonight, you pray for the persecuted church. Amen. See you next week. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always. If you've been blessed by the pastor's study, would you consider a tax-deductible gift to help us reach more people with the good news of Jesus Christ? You can donate at our website, pastorsstudy.org, two S's, or mail a check to the pastor's study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55441. May the Lord bless you and have a wonderful week.